So Jenny and I would, uh, would like to welcome you very warmly to this retreat. And it sounds like um, some people have had a bit of an epic journey to get here with uh, snow and rail disruption and ungritted roads and all of that. So well done for making it. And it's really good to see you. And uh, now that you are here, we'd really encourage you to give permission to your body and your mind to settle and relax. You know, after a, a day of traveling with all the, uh, the busyness of that, just really to give permission to the nervous system to arrive more fully. And really just explore what it is that helps you to do that. Hopefully you've been orienting yourself in this, in this place. And there is a, a way in which I think just reflecting that this is a safe and a good place in which to land for a weekend can really be conducive to arriving more fully and being more fully here. And I'd invite you also just for a moment just to look around the hall as well and just to see these folk who are going to be your companions for the weekend and uh, who, like you, have chosen to be here to practice teachings of wisdom and of kindness and of compassion. And really, we'd encourage you just to feel that sense of support during the weekend. You're, you're part of a group. We're doing this together. And, and let that be a support for you, both here in the hall as we sit, but also as we move around the house. And the theme of the weekend is stillness, clarity, and freedom. And I'd encourage you perhaps to turn those nouns into verbs in terms of how you practice with these themes. So stilling, clarifying, and freeing. This is not about achieving some sort of state, but it's really helpful to have a direction of travel, a sense of intention. And we'd really invite you to, to make this your exploration during these, these days. What, it is, what is it that really helps us to still, to steady, to settle the body and the heart. What supports a sense of clarity or of clarifying? And what enables a sense of freeing, of letting go, of opening? to take place.
So we invite you to, to use these intentions of stilling, clarifying, freeing as a reference point during this weekend. And there is a, a sort of progression there as well, as, as you may have seen already, that, that stillness is conducive to a sense of clarity. That as we, as we become more still, we become more settled, more gathered, more steady, so the mind becomes more clear. And as that clarification takes place, there's the opportunity to see where we're stuck, where we're caught, and to see too how that understanding brings the possibility of, of a freedom with it. And so really for the, the first phase or the first half of this weekend, we're going to be exploring these themes of stilling and clarifying. And then in the second half, looking more closely at, at what the possibilities are of freeing the mind or the heart. And in many ways, just being in a retreat environment like this does a lot of the stilling for us, or does a lot of stilling, or is conducive to that. But uh, I would really encourage you to, to practice slowing down as part of the way you do this retreat. There's a... Uh, there's really no hurry this weekend at all. And if you find yourself hurrying, or if you notice just as you're sitting here, that sort of twinging of the nerve endings that, that is a residue from a busy life, just practice. What is it to let that go? What is it to use the out-breath maybe to soothe and to smooth your nervous system into a slower pace? So it can be helpful, and you may have already begun to pick up the pace of Gaia House, which is a which is a slower pace. And really, we'd encourage you to sort of luxuriate in that. Really enjoy being able to go more slowly. And there's also the great, beautiful opportunity while you're here just to do one thing at a time. You know, we're so used to multitasking perhaps, particularly in the days before Christmas. And uh, just that opportunity, just to be doing one thing at a time. If you've not read it already, do, do read the beautiful passage by Thich Nhat Hanh, which is by the washing up place, about when you're washing, just wash. When you're eating, just eat. And so really, as you make a practice of being here, just notice those times when you're trying to do more than one thing, or when you're doing one thing with your body and something else with your mind. And as part of this practice of stilling, just see what it's like really to devote yourself to walking, or cleaning your teeth, or doing your yogi job, or eating just this mouthful, 
And there's a beauty in that simplicity, which is something really to be savoured. And coming back again and again to the experience of embodiment is really perhaps the, the central practice in this process of stilling our minds and our hearts. Some of you have probably heard Dharma teachers before quoting that line from James Joyce's The Dubliners about Mr. Duffy who lived a short distance from his body. And we probably all recognize what that feels like. At Findhorn in Scotland, they, call, they talk about excarnation as that, that movement where we're out of our bodies, we're not living within our bodies. And this is really an opportunity these days to practice what it's like to incarnate. To be more fully in not just the idea of our body, but the texture of, of our body, the, the felt sense of what it is to sit here. So it just even in this moment right now, just sensing what it's like to drop into the felt sense of the body, to feel the sensations of contact with the floor and with a cushion or a chair. If the mind is still quite restless, after the day, just also sensing the presence of the skeleton can be a way of grounding it. The earth element. Feeling your body sitting and breathing is a an intention you can keep coming back to in the meditation practice. And in a very real way, the body is a reference point that can support our practice throughout these days. So whatever you find yourself doing, just if you find yourself getting lost in thinking or being ahead of yourself or doing more than one thing at a time, just sensing what it's like to, as they say in Aikido, to drop out of the coconut and come back into the body as it's here. Really soaking the body in awareness. Sensing what what a great resource embodiment is in this process of stilling and of clarifying. And another really beautiful, nourishing resource that, that is so conducive to this 
this process is the silence. And, and again, that's something that, that we can really turn the mind to, to open to the silence that's here. And really drink from it, really soak in it. Let it be a real relief to your, to your system. Just notice how really opening to silence can do an awful lot of stilling in the mind. can really bring a sense of clarity, of calming. And there are various practical ways in which we encourage you to support that um, nourishment from the silence. And, and the managers will have said a little bit about notes. So we do, do ask you... Um, if you need to communicate with uh, with Jenny or myself or with the managers, uh, do please feel welcome to uh, drop us a note. Um, but do also please um, refrain from writing notes to each other, just so that you give each other the gift of the silence and the space. And um, I also mentioned at this moment mobile phones and uh, our perennial attachment to checking them. And really we'd encourage you to give yourself, again, the gift this weekend of switching the phone off and, and resisting that urge to, to, to check or to send texts or, or, or whatever. Because it's such a rare and precious opportunity to have this quality of silence, this quality of um, seclusion from the busyness of life. And it's so conducive to stilling, really to let go, really to turn down the volume on, on the verbal dimension of reality and allow yourself to, to settle into something that you can sense is sort of pre, pre-verbal, the quality of awareness, the quality of presence, the quality of stillness. And again, too, there's the encouragement to set aside the novel that you may be in the middle of uh, and try to, to refrain from, from reading this weekend. Not, not out of some sort of... Um, this is not about rules or anything like that. It's just really about a, a gift to yourself. Um, and sometimes the mind can get a bit hungry for verbal... Um, the verbal dimension, and so one sees people reading the notice board every day, several times, just to see if there might be something new. And again, just see what it's like just to step back from the written word as well as the spoken word. See how conducive that is to to a sense of stillness. And it's probably also worth saying a word about eye contact, which I know there are quite a number of people who are here for the first time and can seem a bit weird and even off-putting or antisocial when you walk around and nobody's looking at anybody else. Uh, And uh, I think I'd encourage you each to find your own way with that. For some people they find it really helpful to support a sense of gatheredness 
of seclusion, of mindfulness, just to, to not make eye contact generally. But it's also really fine to make eye contact. So, so uh, just find your own way with that and know that if somebody's not making eye contact, um, that's, you, you don't need to find that, uh, you don't need to make that into a problem. But maybe it's a good uh, intention to, to have that if, if you do find eyes meeting, just to have a thought of goodwill to the other person is rather a beautiful way of supporting each other in being here. Retreats are such a Such an unusual form, really, in in terms of contemporary life, where we're we both are alone in a very real way, and also we're very much part of a community. And so we do encourage you just to be aware of that sense of um, connection and impact that uh, we have as we're part of this community over this weekend and. Just to have a sensitivity to how it is that you you are part of this community, and uh, the, I, th- I think uh, the manager speaking will have said a little bit about the five precepts, and these are are really uh, such a beautiful way of 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 honouring and participating in the ethos of safety that is here at Guy House. And really training oneself to look after oneself and others in a really beautiful way. So I'll just say a little bit about each of these precepts and and encourage you to to reflect on them and and to make them part of of the process of stilling and of, of clarifying. So this this first precept about uh, committing to, to non-harming and to, to, to not killing any living being. And at this time of year, most self-respecting living beings are asleep somewhere and uh, not out and about. But you may come across some during your time here. And I find the reflection that an, an animal's life is as precious to it as mine is to me. Really helpful way of sensitizing to that quality of care or that, that interest in the well-being of all living beings in whatever form they manifest in front of us. And so trying to have a sense of goodwill towards the human and the non-human beings that, that uh, live in this place. You can feel there's a softening of the heart. It's conducive to a sense of stilling and presence and Openness. And this, uh, the second precept about refraining from not taking what's not f- freely offered. And I think it's so um, attuning, isn't it, to, to become aware of that boundary between what is, is clearly offered and what's not being offered. And, and, and really to honor that. 
And at a deeper level, really practicing what's it like to practice having enough. You know, that, that we have our needs met here in, in, in beautiful ways by the managers and the, the team that runs Gaia House. And it's so helpful to our systems to not, not to feed the neediness or not to feed the acquisitiveness that, that is so uh, undermining of a sense of stillness and a sense of contentment but to practice a sense of enough, having enough. And obviously that's not talking about any really sort of important needs that may come up for you um, during this weekend. And, and as we've said, um, feel welcome to write to us or the managers about those. But really just practicing that sense of containment. And another way of seeing the second precept or practicing it is, is, is about the theme of generosity. And in a very real way, Gaia House is only here offering this because of a stream of generosity through quite some many years now. And, and it's a, being here is an opportunity to participate in that. And again, making a practice of that. What's it like to, to, to move around this place and to do one's yogi job and to relate to other people with that ethos of generosity in the heart or that intention of generosity? Just notice what effect that has on the, the nervous system and the sense of openness to life. And in a sense, these are themes that, that also relate to the third precept about sexuality and, and refraining from just indulging our, our senses. So on, on, on the one hand, there's this encouragement to, to refrain from any uh, sexual activity. But at the energetic level, is sensing what it's like to practice a, a gathering and a quietening of our energies. Again, not feeding the neediness that, that, that uh, <coughs> reaches out to others in, in those sorts of ways. This is not because our sexual sexuality is somehow sinful or bad at all. It's just really uh, about having these times, the value of these times where we quieten and turn our attention more inwards, value what's here, value the enoughness of our experience. And Quite a bit's been said now about um, silence, which uh, is part of the fourth precept in, in this sort of context, which is about speech and 
being mindful of speech. And there will be opportunities to speak over this weekend. We'll be having some discussions. But I think it's also, this precept points us to look at the, the dialogues that are going on inside our heads as well. What's it like to commit to an ethos of non-harming inwardly in terms of our thoughts? Really noticing the thoughts that are judgmental about ourselves or others and seeing if we can hold them with a certain spaciousness. not giving them authority. Seeing them as a habit of the mind that we can practice outgrowing. And instead cultivating thoughts of goodwill towards ourselves. We'll be reflecting on this a bit tomorrow. bringing to mind thoughts of ourselves and others that are about well-being and wishing well. And the final precept, which is very much in in, uh, line with that, which is about not taking intoxicants. And again, there's a very obvious level to that. But there's also this this practice of sensing, well, what... what, uh, how can I value the, my own sensitivity more fully over this weekend? And noticing that that does require a certain sort of diet in terms of uh, what one takes in. And also uh, noticing our tendencies towards intoxication with thoughts or, or planning or Um, fantasies and and just having a sense of well what's it like to refrain from that as well practice a quality of simplicity again all in this cause of stilling and of clarifying and of freeing so in this moment now just just Again, connecting with that intention to be settling, gathering attention. And noticing that clarifying isn't about thinking something through. Clarifying in this context is really about knowing what we're experiencing, really knowing this moment. This moment is like this, in my body, in my thoughts, in my heart, in my seeing, in my hearing. So it's not about working something out, it's about really knowing what is. Rumi calls it paying regular visits to ourselves. And these visits initially can be quite occasional, 
But on a weekend like this, we have the opportunity to see what it's like to sustain or to have the intention of and the, the opportunity to practice sustaining this sort of awareness. So this retreat is not just about, in case this isn't already obvious, it's not just about what we do in this room. It's, it's about encouraging a, a sort of relaxed continuity throughout our days. Not making that a burden, not making that a duty, but just having this sense of, okay, I'm going to really try to sustain this sense of curiosity, of knowing, ah, oh, this moment's like this. And if you want to have a really difficult retreat this weekend, have lots of expectations about how you think your mind should be. You know, have, have a sense, oh, well, I'm on retreat, so it should be like this. We're not practicing to make something happen. We're, we're practicing to recognize what is happening moment by moment. And resting in this, this sort of gracious knowing of our experience as it arises, moment by moment by moment. This too, this too, this too. And what gives real fuel to a retreat, what, what brings an aliveness to a retreat, is a quality of interest. A quality of curiosity, being really curious about what is happening right now. If you notice your mind getting dulled in one way or another, just bring an interest to that. Okay, so what is happening in this moment? What can I notice in my body? What can I notice in my, the emotional tone of this moment? What can I notice in my relationship with what I'm seeing and hearing, smelling, touching, tasting, thinking? And I think this interest, which is just crucial to this whole practice and to this whole experience of being on retreat. Keep a lightness about it. I think it can be helpful to, to keep one's sense of humor quite close at hand during a retreat. It can look so serious when you look at it from the outside. But just to have a sense of, of lightness of touch in one's, in, in one's interest can, can, can enable an opening of the moment in a beautiful way. So that we're doing this out of a love of being present. Not out of a sense of duty or of obligation. And as we begin the, the weekend, I think it's also really helpful to, to recognize that we... We never do this sort of practice just for ourselves. It can feel like we've left our loved ones and our life behind to come here. And in a very real way, what we are doing is 
for ourselves, but it's not just for ourselves. You know, in, in, in practicing a stilling and a clarifying and a freeing of this environment of our, our body and our mind and our heart, it cannot help but have effects and benefits for those we love and those who we spend our days with back at home. So I think it's quite a beautiful thing at the beginning of a retreat just to have that intention or that almost that dedication to say, well, may I do this, may I do these days of practice as an offering, as a gift to myself, to my loved ones, and to the world. And allow ourselves to be inspired and to feel connected. through doing this. So, I'd like to hand over to Jenny now. Okay, so I just want to say a couple of things about the program and then we'll have a a little leg stretch and then go into a, a first meditation of the retreat. Um, so the, the, the program for tomorrow has been posted outside on, on the notice board. Um, and just to, to, to give you a sense, if, if you haven't uh, sat a retreat before, mostly what it consists of, apart from your meals and your work period, is sitting and walking. So it's fairly straightforward. Um, we will be giving much more detailed instructions in the morning about what to to do in in the practice times. And there will be some opportunity, as Chris mentioned, some time for discussion. So we will meet in small groups tomorrow. Um, And just to say now, really, it's quite important that when, when the group goes up and you see your name, we'd really... We'd like you to come uh, because it's quite important with a large group for us to have a sense of you know, what's happening for people and, and how you're finding it. Um, there will be some limited time. You know, if, if there are things that you really want to bring up on a one-to-one, then, then leave a note and we'll accommodate people if we can. But in a retreat this size, most of our connection with you will be in those groups and obviously in, in the hall. And just one thing really to say, I think, just really reiterating some of what Chris said, is this is a very precious time, and although it's only a weekend, that's quite a substantial period in some ways to be on retreat. And it will feel more substantial the Mm. more you allow yourself to really be here and to really settle. So that involves both giving yourself, opening yourself to the gift of the silence, to not having to check your phone, text, read, whatever. Um, And also to give yourself to the program. So um, 
there can be a, a tendency to, to look at the program and, and think, well, what shall I go to and what won't I? You know, sort of negotiating with the program. We would just invite you that, you know, we, we know from experience that this program is manageable. It might feel, you know, quite intense at times. Uh, but, you know, if you have a very good reason for, for wanting to do something differently, come and ask us. But I really invite you to, to just go with the flow of the program. Again, it's just something else not to have to think about. You don't have to decide what to do at four o'clock. It says sitting. Mm-hmm. So, um, in some ways, life is, is easier. And, and I, you know, just really honour the commitment that people have made to come here this, this well, it's interesting it being the last weekend before Christmas. We thought, well, people come the last weekend before Christmas. That might be the very reason why people have come, that it's the last weekend before Christmas. But... There probably is quite a lot, you know, unless you're here for a long period. It's easy for the mind to to go into thinking about what's probably just been and is just about to be quite a busy time. So as best we can, to really be fully present and, and give ourselves to, to this very precious opportunity. Um, so what I'd like to suggest is just let's have a couple of minutes leg stretch because you've been sitting still for a bit and then I'll say a little bit about posture and we'll have a, a, a sitting meditation. <coughs> Good. And I'll just say a couple of things about sitting posture. Can anyone, everyone here okay at the back? This is picking me up, presumably. So I think there are two reasons why it's worth giving a bit of attention to our sitting position. And this is true whether you're very new to this or whether you've been doing it for a long time. So the first is that simply if we find a sitting position that works for us, that's comfortable, that feels solid, that feels steady, then it allows us to to sit for for longer periods in comfort. And uh, of course in meditation practice sometimes there will be aches and pains and discomfort, but it it doesn't have to be a a battle uh, with the body at all. So... Uh, if we can find a position that feels it kind of works for us, that, that's quite important for, for that. And also to allow us, as, as Chris said, to be very embodied in the practice. I think especially in the West, we spend a lot of time in our minds, in our heads, as it were. And, uh, and sometimes we can easily think meditation is something we do with our mind. Um, but it's very much an embodied practice and begins with being very, very present to our physical experience. So there are a few basic points about sitting. The first is that there, there, there's a, a book by an American meditation teacher called You Don't Have to Sit on the Floor, which I think is a very good name for a meditation book. So if you're more comfortable in a chair, um, it's absolutely And if you're sitting in a chair, um, what I would suggest is have your feet flat on the ground under your knees, so, you know, your legs uncrossed. Quite a 
looking for a position that's both symmetrical and has a certain dignity about it, an uprightness about it. It's usually recommended to have your back not leaning, not to be leaning right back on the chair, but to be sitting slightly forward so that your spine can take its very natural S-shaped curve. If you have back problems, you might like to have a cushion just supporting your lower back, depending a little bit on the chair. Um, but with a sense of sitting alert and, and upright. If you're sitting on the ground, what you want, well, however you're sitting, what you want really is a tripod. So either your feet or your knees and your bottom. It's the, the, three, the three points that are in contact with the ground. So that can be kneeling. Uh, sometimes people kneel, some people are on a sitting bench, or sometimes people kneel astride a, a cushion or a couple of cushions with the feet pointed back. That can be quite comfortable if you have got good knees and if sitting cross legged uh, doesn't work for you. Um, and there are plenty of kneeling benches in the back that I think a lot of Westerners find easier than sitting cross legged. If sitting cross legged feels comfortable, uh, one recommendation is to, to sit in a way that you can have both your knees in contact with the ground. Now, if that's a little difficult, um, you might just need more height. An extra cushion can make it possible for your pelvis to be tipped forward so that your knees can touch the ground. So you have that, that tripod. Or another thing which I do, because this works after a while, but after a while the foot that's in front begins to strain. So just have a little bit of support. If one knee doesn't quite touch the ground, a little bit of support can help. So if you're sitting cross-legged but your knees aren't really touching the ground, you might want to think, if, if maybe not now but tomorrow, to, to rearrange your, your cushion slightly, maybe to get an extra bit of layer of padding. So setting up that solid base, that steady base, and then have a sense of your, your spine just rising up from your pelvis and your hands supported either on your lap or on your knees so your shoulders aren't having to do any work and your chest can be open. Maybe even having a sense of your shoulders moving back and down very, very subtly, very slightly. Maybe just rocking your pelvis a little, just to maybe have a sense of what's the most comfortable position for your spine. And with the, the head, just notice if there's any slight tension on the back of the neck. If we kind of stick our chin out, then the back of the neck will get a bit cramped. So having a sense of as if there was a thread pulling up the crown of your head lifting you up very slightly so your chin is very slightly tucked in so just having a sense of arriving in your posture as a way of really arriving in your body and in this moment here and now and generally in this tradition we meditate with our eyes closed but if you're really sleepy or if it just feels easier you can keep the eyes open and just have a very soft, focused gaze two or three feet in front of you. Maybe the might be the back of the person in front of you, but not, not looking at anything, just a soft gaze. But if you feel fairly alert and awake, 
closing the eyes can allow the attention to really fully become within, come present to ourselves. So we're going to give more detailed sitting instructions tomorrow, but the main anchor really for practice in in most uh, meditation traditions is to bring our awareness to breathing. So within our overall sense of sitting here, feeling the contact with the ground, with our cushion or our chair, is feeling a sense of the physical body as we actually experience it as energy and heat, (coughs) solidity. We just, as we sit here, just notice the movement of the breath. Not having to go looking for the breath or changing the breath in any way. But simply noticing the bare sensations as the breath enters and leaves the body. Feeling air coming in quite cool at the nostrils, through the back of the throat, down into the chest, perhaps feeling right down into the belly an expansion in the trunk as you breathe in and then a softening as you breathe out belly and chest falling back the slightly warmer air coming up and out through the nostrils so inviting you just to notice where you You feel the breath most strongly. (coughs) And just allow the attention to rest there. And very, very soon, you may notice that the mind wanders off onto some train of thought, memory, planning, boredom, whatever it might be. So the practice is simply, as soon as we notice that the mind is lost or miles away, or even a little way away. Just noticing that. In that moment we're completely present. And just gently guiding the mind back, the attention back to the breath. And the mind will wander off many times, especially this first sitting when we've just arrived. The mind wandering off is not a problem. The whole practice is to notice it and gently guide it back.
So that very, very slowly, very gradually, the mind and the body can begin to settle, can begin to still around this anchor, this base of the breath. We don't need to set up any intention that we're going to watch every breath for the next 20 minutes or so. But simply this breath, as it comes in, turns around and goes out. Then usually there's a little pause. And then we can make an intention to be aware of the next breath. So let's sit for about 20 minutes in silence, simply observing with interest, with curiosity, And with much kindness to ourselves, this experience of breathing, this activity that we can so easily take for granted, breathing in and breathing out.